What does it take to become a successful content creator? Let's discuss. Welcome to Princess and Scoundrel, where we take you along our scrappily ever after from fantasy land to tattooing and everything in between. I'm Sarah. And I'm Steven. And we have a really fun episode today. We have a guest on. Yeah. So this is somebody that I have looked up to. I've been a fan of. And she is an amazing content creator that covers all things Walt Disney World. She's got a fantastic Instagram to follow, blogs. She's got newsletters, everything, YouTube, podcasts. Like she just keeps venturing out and providing more content and more tips to people. And so we are thrilled to have on Living by Disney herself, Serena Lynn. Serena, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to do this with you guys. We are too. So I have to confess, I had forgotten about this, but so I've followed you for years and years and years. And we met on Star Cruiser last yeah. year, right? Yeah. Well, I thought that's when we met. <laughs> when I was thinking about it, we were prepping for this episode. I met you, it was probably back in like 2018. There was some after hours event for pass holders and we were there and I think you had gone off with some of our friends and it was me and my son. And I walked by and I was like, oh my gosh, that's Serena from Living by Disney. And I was so starstruck. And like, I, I was like, I walked by and I was like, oh my gosh, that's Living by Disney. And I was like, do I go say hi? I was like, no, 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 no. I can't say hi. And I was nervous. And Aww. I finally like, I did like one lap and I like came back. I was like, I gotta, I gotta do it. I gotta say hi. And so we got a picture together and everything. But I was like, oh, that's I had so cool. forgotten about that completely. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then when we were when we were talking about what we wanted to discuss, I was like, oh my gosh, I did meet Serena before. <laughs> that's so funny. It was super funny. It was just such a like a fan moment of just like when you see somebody that you look at on your phone yeah. all day long and you're just like, oh my and gosh, it's this so person weird, really right? exists. Yeah, it is. It's always so I know, weird we're just to people. see that. I know, but like it doesn't translate in your mind. You're like, oh my God, they're real. They're right there. This is so weird. Yeah, it is strange. It's like, oh, you, you're you a, a full 3D person. You're not just like a yeah. flat image on my screen anymore. I know. I know. It's very But yeah, then we really connected. We really mm -hmm. connected at Star Cruiser. We were mm -hmm. both on, it was our, the May, the March 3rd voyage. Um, So it was like the second official voyage of Star Cruiser. We happened one. to be on it together. Yeah. Yeah. And we just heard it out about Star Wars. I remember seeing you guys and you guys were with your your posse, right? Of like it was like Thank the Maker podcast, Jano, right? Um yep. and there was this group of you and y'all were so cool. Like I remember seeing and I was like, Oh, they are so cool. Look at them all. Like everyone was like fully in and this was again, it was the second cruise. Like there was not a lot of, I remember when I was trying to figure out like what to wear and stuff, it was so hard because nothing, you know, nobody had done it yet. So there was no information. I didn't know really what, what we were going to be doing and just so much about it was unknown. And so the idea of people kind of coming in with like characters and like sort of an identity and a side, like I you know, I wasn't really like sure knew knew that people were going to do that. So seeing you guys and and like some of your people were like dark side and some were lights. It was just so cool. I was like, oh my gosh, they are in it, and I love that for them. 
But you crushed your costumes too. Oh, thank like, you. You looked fantastic with your headpiece and everything. I still think oh, about that headpiece. Like, <laughs> it was really, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I, I was in a constant state of overwhelm, but it was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that tracks. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So like I said, I've followed you for years and years. I think you had mentioned you've been doing this for about seven years. Yeah. And so I, I think I've been following you pretty much from the beginning. And the funny thing too is like, we started going to Disney World for the very first time. I went to Disney for the first time in 2017. So that's what, six years ago? Oh, and that was the first time? Yeah. And oh, wow. like instantly fell in love with it. Like the first time we went, you know, we took our son. And then six months later, we, on our second trip, <laughs> it was within six months, we were annual pass holders. Like it was just oh. instant. Mm-hmm. And so I think, Stephen, you found... Hey, living just, by Disney. Just scrolling, yeah, yeah. Just scrolling through and like, hey, look, mm-hmm. this is a good, you know, here's some good tips and stuff. And right. it was just one of those things that we you just start following and, you know, getting good info. Yeah. Yeah. It was instant. Yeah. So that's how we got introduced to you. Um, but then as time went on and we started visiting Disney more and just trying to figure out like, how do we, you know, basically like, what can I do beyond what it is that I already do? What beyond my day job? Like I started getting really passionate about Disney. And so watching you share about Disney and making a career out of being a content creator that specifically focuses on Disney. It became an inspiration. And you did an episode on your podcast recently about having the audacity to to follow your dreams and believe in yourself. And it was a fantastic episode. I highly recommend everybody like go listen to it. We'll link to it in in the description of this one. But in there you were talking about basically like why not? There's plenty of reasons to not do something, right? That you have a million excuses, a million reasons, whether it's having a job or having kids or just not finding the time to do it. So what was it for you that was finally like, you know what, it's clicked. I just, I need to go after this and go after being a content creator. It's so funny how it's like, it happens in such like stages, you know, uh, your first stage is I, I love this. I love this so much. I, it's all I want to do. This is, this is it. This is my thing. I found it. And then it's like, okay, how do I incorporate this into my life? How can I make this work? Because we all have very full lives. We have a lot of responsibilities as adults and, you know, trying to fit in something brand new, whether it's a hobby or a career or a side hustle or whatever, isn't easy. We have to carve out that time, which means we're taking time from something else. Sometimes it's things that are going to make us money. Sometimes it's things that, um, you know, involve our family and family time. So navigating that and juggling that is not simple. And it's like an always evolving process. But I think you just sort of start to say, acknowledging it is the first step. Like, this is it. This is what I want to do. How do I, how do I make it happen? We're going to make it happen somehow. If it's five hours a week, I can find five hours a week and just start slowly. And then as you go through stages of like, okay, I think this is going well, I think I could take this to another level. Well, now I need more time. And now what, how do I navigate that? You know? And it's just like that process. You just never really stop doing that and like (laughs) workshopping it and, you know, figuring out how to make it work. And like I said, it's been seven years. So it's been a constant evolving thing. And then slowly, very slowly adding new things and more time to it and being able to, to make it more of a, of a job and a, and a true business, which 
you know, I know when you're not in it, it, it seems quick. Like when you see it happen on the outside for other people, you're like, oh, wow, she just, you know, she just started sharing this stuff. And then next thing you know, boom, it's business. And when you're in it, it does not feel that way. It feels like a grind and a slog through stuff that you don't understand or know, or you feel out of your depth. And and that's, that's the hard part. That's why I like that. That episode was so something I'm so passionate about because I think we always look at other people and we think things are easier for them for some reason. It's easy for them. But for me, oh, that's just a whole, I have a whole other story. I have all these excuses. I have all these things. I'm not good at this or that or whatever. And realizing that now it's actually, it's the same. It's just deciding that you're going to do it. The big part of that episode that resonated with me was kind of that I was able to put my journey into that, this, you know, these answers, uh, because there was that point of, I, I had, I'm either going to try it and fail, take that chance or not try it and regret not doing it. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, you know what, I need to start streaming because I've wanted to do it. I had a million excuses. Why not? Let me just do it. And again, if I fail, I fail. But at least I said I tried. And right. I think that's kind of sat with me the entire time of like, I'd rather try it and fail than to not have tried at all. Yeah, because that kind of regret in inside of you is the worst. That is the worst feeling in the world. And I think COVID kind of taught us some rough lessons about how life can change, how things can go away, how opportunities can go away. Things that were like, oh, I'll get to that later. You know, these trips, these travel plans, these dreams, these time we spend with people, you know, we'll get to it. And then you realize, you know, there's no guarantee on this. And we have to be very intentional about what we want out of our life because if we aren't, time just passes anyway. And before we know it, we can feel a lot of regret for the things that we didn't go after. I also think too, like defining success is like we use the term failure a lot and we it's very easy for us to feel like a failure or something failed. But like what was this determination? How do we define success? Was defining success doing it? Was it enjoying it? Was it connecting with a few people and finding a new community like that? If that's success, then most of the time you're going to be successful. If it's being a million dollar YouTuber and that's your defining of success well you know that, that might be a little bit more challenging yeah it's tough because you you don't want to compare and you don't want to set these like huge goals for yourself either and I think that's what mm -hmm. we've been learning too is success for us is very different than what you're brought up to think success is mm -hmm. like we don't really benchmark it based off of like numbers or anything else it's like have we made progress are we improving are we moving in a direction that we're happy with and it's a way different scale than, like you said, being a million dollar YouTube, hitting our first thousand subscribers. Like they're goals we have and we're like, that's cool. But it's you've got to make sure that you're keeping yourself in like a positive mindset throughout the whole thing because it mm -hmm. can feel like a grind. <laughs> yeah. And once you get in your head about that and get into that like comparison loop. Oh my gosh, it's so hard to get out of that place. And then you just get super self-conscious and down on yourself. And now you're not bringing the best of yourself to what you're doing. And it, that's really, that's a hard place to, to 
create anything good. Right. And I mean, the thing is, and you, you touch on this on your podcast too, is you bring a specific voice to what it is that you're doing and your, your perspective and your opinion on things is going to be different from what everybody else is doing. So when you get into that comparison, it's hard to remember like, no, this is who I am and this is the voice that I have. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rough. Yeah. It is. And it's just so easy to do, like to to get into that negative place. Yeah. So what is it? Let's talk about like Disney specifically. What is it about Disney that you were like, this is what I want to create content around? I have just I've been a Disney fan my whole life and most of my adult life is in particular. And I don't know. I, I'm one of those people that I always have a ton of hobbies and interests. I've always been a fangirl. I'm always interested in some new thing, show, movie, book, wh- whatever. But the one constant in my entire life has always been Disney. Like I just, I love it. I've, I, I've loved every moment of it. And then the first time I went as a parent and brought my son that first trip, it's like pivotal, like core memories that were created on that trip. And I was just like, this, this is it. Uh, we are going to do whatever we can to come as often as we can, because <laughs> this is the best thing. This is the best time I've had in so long. And watching it through his eyes, I was just like, this is, this is it. This is it for me. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to go anywhere else. <laughs> yep. This that that tracks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then how did you take that love? Because that's another scary thing is taking something you love and then turning it into a business. But how did you make that move into, you know what, I'm going to start sharing my experiences with the park or maybe my tips that I've accumulated over all of these visits? So it started really organically, but it started after I moved here. Um, And so when I moved here, I started a blog about relocation like living by Disney was really about moving to Disney and relocating there. And I was just sharing some of the, the information that I wish I had found when I was looking for it. And also just like Disney fan moves next door to Disney. What is that like? How does that work? And so that was in like late 2015, early 2016, no idea, no ideas of it going to anywhere. It was just, it was very much just cathartic for me to write about it. And, um, it, eventually after I did that and I was just living here and of course, because we had just recently moved here, I was going to the parks like as often as possible. Like <laughs> I could stay home and do laundry or Disney world is seven minutes away. Like this is oh, not man. a, this is not a hard yeah. choice. Uh, yeah. so I was just going as often as I could and just sharing, just sharing what I was finding, you know, what I saw. And then I noticed there was a lot of people in the parks that were just very confused. You know, I started noticing like, this has happened to every Disney fan. Like you're there, you're in the monorail, you're minding your own business. And then you hear the person next to you talk to their friend and they're like, so should we just like take, we could take the monorail just like over to Animal Kingdom and we'll like spend the evening there and then we'll stay till, you know, like, and you're like, um, I'm so sorry. I I am forced (laughs) to give you unsolicited advice right now (laughs) you know you just feel compelled because you know they're here on this trip and they're they're gonna waste time right they're gonna waste time and money with things because they just didn't know and and that's just like I'm also very much a natural know-it-all so (laughs) that that was very much in my wheelhouse (laughs) to be like let me tell you what to do and uh and that's just how it started and it started doing that on social media and when I would help people in the parks I would just 
get on my Instagram or Facebook and I'd be like, hey, you know, a lot of people didn't know this. So just so you know, this is the thing and this is how this works and this is where this is or whatever. And and then I started, I love the strategy of mastering Disney. Like that is my, like, give me a spreadsheet and like... <laughs> a rope drop itinerary <laughs> and I am in heaven. I'm like, yes, let's, let's do it. And so I started doing that and just sharing like how to, at the time it was fast passes, but how to sort of maximize and just, you know, master the, the plan and get the most done. And that that's when my content really took off because there wasn't anybody really doing that like boots on the ground, you know, like, yeah, it's not easy to do. I mean, you can't just sit at home and like blog about it. You know, you have to be in the trenches, like in the heat, in the in the crowds, <laughs> you know, dealing with getting up early, going there and also just like having things not go well. And you're like, OK, that didn't work. Let me scratch that out. Let, let's <laughs> go back again and try it, you know, and that's there's just no other way to do that. And so it's it's not easy, quick content to do, but that's when I really started noticing that this was tremendously helpful for people. And again, helping them not waste their time when they're on vacation. And that's, that's the point where I really was like, Hey, I think this could be a business. Like, I think, I think this could be a legit business and started thinking about it differently in my head, treating it more like a business, which is important too. like, you know, making that like commitment of time and energy to it and prioritizing it. Instead of just like my little hobby thing, you know, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and and that that's when it really started to take off. But that was probably about three years into the process when I really sort of oh, like wow. flipped that switch and was like, okay, let's do this. You mentioned spreadsheets. You love a spreadsheet. What <laughs> what's your favorite type of content to create? Whether it's like a certain strategy or maybe it's a platform that you like. I love Instagram uh, stories. To me, I, if I'm going to be on Instagram, I am going to be watching stories. I might like watch all my stories for the day, but like not ever go into my feed. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> I feel like the content we tend to like to create is the content we, we consume. Like whatever you like watching, if it's YouTube, if it's podcasts, this is whatever, whatever you like watching, it's probably going to be what you like creating because that's what you like. So it's very natural and easy to organically create something there because it's something that you would enjoy. And you can just look at it like, what would I like if I was watching this? And then, you know, create it from there. And that's just a very natural, easy place to to start. So to me, I love stories just because I like the realness of it. I love people showing up in the moment, you know, just sharing bits of their life or behind the scenes or step by step. I also have a very short attention span. <laughs> so, um, and usually doing 12 different things while I'm also watching stories. So I love to be able to, I love that tap through of like, you know, yep. if you're showing something and I'm, I'm like, okay, tap to the, I'm going to fast forward. Oh, okay. I'm interested in this, you know, let me see it. And so I love being able to do that. Whereas I'm not the type to necessarily put on a YouTube video for like 20 minutes and just like let it play. And I, I'm starting to, I'm starting to do that just because I'm starting to go into YouTube. So I'm like, gee, I might need to watch <laughs> these and <laughs> see what the heck I'm supposed to do. But, um, but in general, that's just like, I love that. So stories to me is a, is a big one. And now I've had to, 
somewhat pull back from doing a lot of it just because again when you add new things <laughs> something's gotta give and you only have so many hours in the day so um you know if I'm adding in all these new networks and new types of content and new parts of my business sometimes that goes away but if I was just gonna do what I enjoy it would be just going to the park and just showing you my day and just taking you along with me because that's the kind of stuff I love I love that and making stories are so much easier than like making a YouTube <laughs> podcast yeah <laughs> it's like oh let me just whip my phone out and like I'm walking okay walk with me mm -hmm. I that's my favorite thing is is Instagram stories because it's so easy and it's you can do it right now or yeah. you could do it later when you're just like chilling at your resort at the end of the day and you're like let me share my day in one big batch to you like it's right. just to me, I'm with you. That's my jam. I will watch all of my Instagram stories and then maybe flip through and be like, no, I'm good. Because it feels yeah. like it almost feels like a remote control when you're on your phone and you can like mm -hmm. tap through. <laughs> yeah. You're like, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. I think, too, we've we've social media at this point now has been around for quite a while. So we all have a very finely honed BS radar. And so when we see people showing up like, hey, guys, so a lot of people have been asking me about this new thing. And you're like, uh. Nope. You know, that very staged, <laughs> perfect, professional, polished stuff is just not it right now. We like people to show up as they are. If it's no makeup, if it's whatever, you know, in the car. I, I love in the car. Like to me, that's I, I love that, too, because it's like you're just, <laughs> you know, you're like, I'm going to Target and, you know, the dog threw up on me. And but, you know, and I'm like, yes, I love this. <laughs> like, this is what I like. So I just think that we, we all appreciate people who really show up authentically. And um, sometimes we see that more in stories where people are starting to use posts in a more like organic way, which is nice, but a lot of posts are still very staged and perfect and, you know, all that. And we're just, I'm just not as into, interested in that. I feel you. It takes more work to create the nice staged, like yeah. uh, we will stage to an extent <laughs> as long as it doesn't take a lot of effort or lighting or anything like that. Like there's only so much I can do. I just, yeah, yeah it's fun, but yeah, I would much rather just be like, here's what's going on. I'd like no filters or anything. Like we yeah. just snap a picture and post it. Cause that's just, yeah, it's easy. It's nice. And it easy. is. And sometimes I feel like it does better. Like I feel like the more time I put into something, making it like look so great, and it won't do well. <laughs> okay. That, yes, that is something that's so crazy. Like you could have something, this item that you're just polishing. You're like, I'm. This is gonna be the best. This is gonna. Yeah. This is gonna go viral. Oh, this is gonna. Go, and then so nothing. Good. Yeah. And then you just put mm -hmm. some kind of funny, like, oh my gosh, look at this, and mm -hmm. it's the one that takes off. Yeah. And you're like, oh. It's not even of us. Something else. Yeah. Just of the ground. Took you twenty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our our best performing. Um, I think TikTok, I think on all platforms at this point is a guest that we had on that was talking about, um, what was it? The stormtroopers and how like the, the haptics work in their, their gloves. Oh, and so it's, it's our guests, our friend talking the whole time. It's, <laughs> it's not like us. Viral. Like it's gotten us so much traction on all these social media platforms. We don't talk at all. <laughs> that's awesome. That's it's yeah, like, oh, well, that's pretty typical of how, right, how it goes. Well, I was going to kind of chime in here. You talked about you were kind of doing the fast pass, like the the how to's and, mm -hmm. you know, here's the efficiencies in it. And it kind of also reminds me of like during the pandemic, Disney closed. Mm -hmm. How did you find your voice once these, you know, Disney kind of pulled the rug from under you on yeah. these type of things? You're kind of <laughs> like, I was 
doing great. Why did you change yeah. stuff? And and yeah, but how yeah, did you find one. like how do I do? What do I do after this now? Yeah, that that was rough. <laughs> I was like, great, I'm a Disney World blogger, and Disney World's closed. So what are we gonna do? It was it was a very weird time, also too, because you know I don't think anyone was doing well then. <laughs> like, you know, our stress level, our mental health, you know, we were not thriving. So then to try to show up and and you know be happy you know be a be you know not be like hey this sucks bye you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of how I felt like so yeah I started I diversified my content a little bit started doing like Disney movies at home with with like you know meal I was cooking I don't even know who was that person <laughs> I was desperate that was fun, I think though. everybody's gonna have that <laughs> that, that was really fun. phase of like yeah, yeah. that was a you know, survival person right Everyone there. Everyone started sourdough. I know, bread. <laughs> like, why were we baking bread? I don't know. That was, yeah. TikTok went through this sea shanty phase. I was loving yeah, it. Yeah. I was like, yes, yeah, sea shanties. That will get us through. It was weird. It was a weird time. But yeah, I, I was just kind of diversifying. But I was also just get. I got a little bit quieter. It was also a rough time, too, just because of the, the... You know, I, I don't like to talk about things that have drama attached to them. And so I chose to talk about Disney World, which who doesn't love Disney World? It's a happy, warm, fuzzy topic. Like there's no drama. There's no diversity. Yeah, not diversity. Sure. Division. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's nothing, nothing. What what could you like be upset about? And then that happened and everything that I had to talk about was something that was very polarizing from Disney reopening, which was super polarizing to the mask rules, you know, and all of that. And should you be going? Should you not? Everybody had strong opinions about it. Then there was a lot of pressure to, you know, be sort of political in your postings, which I was like, that's not going to happen. Like that's, I, I've always wanted to be like a refuge of like very like, this is a happy place. Like you come here for happy Disney theme park Orlando content this is not we're not gonna we're not gonna do that and the, and you're gonna get that from so many other places you do not need to get to get that from me and so it's just a weird time it was a very weird time but we got through it and when Disney reopened it was really it was cool and it was exciting and I, I, I've I had a whole new respect for them and the way they handled that and the way the cast members handled the reopening I mean oh my gosh it was just was a challenging time. Um, but I think that most of the my friends who are business owners all say, if you are a small business owner and you weathered that, you're good. You're good. You're <laughs> you're not you're not you can go through anything, you know, because especially being in travel and tourism and everybody's income dropped and you know, yeah. nobody was traveling. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's was, it was very, very challenging. But if you can get through that, we can get through anything. And I do think it makes you stronger. It makes you more determined. If, if I still want to do this after that, then this is definitely where I need to be. The pandemic kind of like forced <laughs> forced you to diversify. But have you yeah. been nervous or scared to share anything else? Besides, I mean, you're called Living by Disney, right? So mm -hmm. Living by Disney World specifically. Have you been scared to share maybe Disneyland or Universal or cruises or anything else like when you did start to diversify your content? Not really. I usually will always start with conversations with my audience about, hey, I'm I'm thinking of doing this. What is your level of interest? You know, and I'm always trying to get a pulse on like 
what people want from me. And I, I just ask, I ask a lot of, ah, my daughter just took my puppy out. Thank God. <laughs> I've been leaning over trying to give him little treats to like keep him busy. Okay. Whew, that's much better. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I've just asked, you know, I, I'm thinking about covering cruises. What do you think? You know, and if the overwhelming response is, yes, we would love that, then cool. That's what I'll do. And so when I start that new content, it's not usually a surprise to anybody. They're like, oh, yeah, here's the th- she said she was going to do this. And, you know, Universal is definitely I've I've had times where I've covered it more or less, just depending on what I had time for. Now that I've just started to hire and expand a little bit, like one of the goals for this year, for the second half of this year, is to get into Universal Orlando strategies because I have, I'm asked about it all the time. People say, (laughs) you know, who do I follow that does what you do, but for Universal? And I'm like, there isn't anybody. So that, that'll be something that, that we can do. And it just, I think people kind of, they don't attach to your content, they attach to you and to your style of sharing things, right? So to your personality, but also just the way you share or convey things or talk or whatever. So pretty much whatever you do, I think is going to be fine, especially if you're not going to, you know, something completely different. A lot of times people that are interested in Disney are going to be interested in Universal or cruises or Disneyland or uh, later this year, I'm in like two months, actually, I'm doing adventures by Disney and we're going to Italy. So I'm really excited Ooh. about that. I know it's super fun. So, um, so that'll just be another like very different thing, but I think, yeah, I'll share that. I would, I would watch it even if I'm like, I'm never going there, but I would, I'm interested to see what it's like, you know? That's awesome. Oh man. I'm, I want to do an adventures by Disney like so bad, <laughs> especially oh, that's the Italy like a bucket one. list thing, right? Oh, yeah, man. No, I, I think that's that, that again, it, it's just the perfect way of saying it because I, I have my interest, right? We, we have our different interests. And once you have this community that kind of starts following you along in this journey, they, you also find out that they also like the same things, but you have to like secretly like, oh yeah, I like playing video games. Like you I like show like doing, the weird things about yeah, you. Yeah, like you yeah. only uncover a little bit to so like, maybe do you like this? Okay, no, no, I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it typically like you could open up and people are like, yeah, I like that too. Like mm-hmm. let's hang out. Yeah, it's, so. it's nice. It's nice when you build a community around just like people that like the same things yeah, as you. It's yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. this is wonderful. Like I don't, I have a whole like internet of friends. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yes. I've always been the type that I love when people love something. Like if you're passionate about it, I want to hear about it. I It's stamp collecting. I don't care about stamp collecting, but tell me why you love it. I love that you love it. And I want to hear about why you love it. I just think that that's, we enjoy people when they're happy and they're passionate about something and they're sharing it. So I think in general, if we love it, we can talk about it. Most of the time people are either going to say, yeah, me too, or they're going to say, oh, that's cool. I love that for you. Yeah, like that. That's it's- definitely like a an awesome feeling. Like when you actually get to sit with somebody and they're talking about their passion, there is just like an energy that's, you know, coming from that because you're, they're excited talking about it. Yeah. So yeah, that's like you get a glow off of them and you're like, yeah, this is yeah cool. Yeah. Like I'm so happy for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what is it that you really just love about 
your job as a content creator? Oh gosh. Well, I mean, I get to go to Disney for my job. So that was (laughs) (laughs) when we moved here, I was, I told my husband that I was like, I just want to get paid to go to Disney. And he was like, well, good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I love that. And I love, I love helping people. I mean, I think a lot of what I share just comes out of a genuine place of, I feel like, especially the more complicated this world gets and it's so expensive now to go to Disney and people save up and they look forward to it and they need this escape and they need this time with their loved ones. And it's not okay with me for them to leave disappointed or frustrated. Like I take that as a personal failure. Like I, I, especially if it's because you just didn't know what you needed to know. Like, you know, that literally you just needed a few pieces of information and it could have changed your experience and how you felt about the value you got out of it. So that's just a, that's a big driving force to me and what I do. Um, I just want, I really, I feel like everyone on the planet (laughs) deserves an escape (laughs) to a place that makes them feel like a kid again, that makes them feel happy and their worries are gone and all of the stresses are gone and they can just enjoy having a great time for themselves, but also watching the people that they care about having fun. Like, and that includes like your kids for your kids to see you having fun and screaming your head off on a ride. And, you know, there's just so many moments that happen on a trip to Disney that become like such core memories for everyone. And I just, I, I want everybody to have that. So if I can help facilitate that in some way, that's just, that's what drives me the most. I love that. And and so you talk about these core memories. Has there been a moment through this, uh, your content creation career that it's been just like a surreal, surreal moment where you kind of, all this effort has been worth it? Oh yeah. There's been a couple. Uh, So I, huge Star Wars fan my whole life, my entire life. Like I, I think the first Star Wars movie was like, I, I think it was the first movie I ever saw in a theater. It's at least it's the first one I remember seeing. And uh, you know, so I'm talking like four or five years old. Um, so when Galaxy's Edge was being built, I got to do a media event where they did a hard hat tour of it and let you talk with some of the Imagineers who were working on the project at the time. And they didn't tell us. They said, they d- Disney doesn't ever tell you much. You just roll with it. <laughs> but <laughs> but they said, show up. But they said, closed toe shoes uh, and pants. And I, and we were all like, hmm, what? Because oh, it's Florida and everyone's in shorts and flip-flops. So we're like, okay, what's up with this? So we were suspecting, we were hopeful, and sure enough, we got to do it and they get, they gave us the hard hat and they give us the safety goggles and they take us behind, you know, that big wall that they had set up right in between like Muppets. Right. Yep. And they took us back there and, uh, and I talked with one of the Imagineers and we were standing, we walk up to like the gate and it's all spread out in front of us and you can see the Millennium Falcon over here. And he's like, that's where the big, the big ride is going to be the rise of the resistance. We didn't even know what that was going to be called, but he was like, that'll be the big ride. And that's going to be like a whole thing where you're going to be escaping from the first order. And then there's the Falcon, you know, he's pointing all this out. And, and I was just like, I can't like, this is just surreal to me. I can't believe this is really 
like I'm sitting in my home and there's a, a warehouse a couple miles from my house and they're building like big ATATs, like full size, you know, like that is <laughs> happening right now, you know, in my, in my reality. So I, I asked the Imagineer, I was like, I just have to know, are you a Star Wars fan? Because yes, I was going to judge him if he said no. <laughs> if he did not give me an appropriate response, I was going to be like, mm, okay, well, that's all I have for you. <laughs> he just paused and he was like, if I could go back and tell my eight-year-old little boy self that was sleeping on my Star Wars sheets and had all my little Star Wars action figures lined up on my windowsill. If I could go back and tell him, this is someday going to be your job. And you're going to spend half a decade of your life building this in real life for people to come enjoy. And he started to well up. I started to well up. I was like, don't you have <laughs> me cry me on well this up. media bit. <laughs> <laughs> But we just had this moment and... I was just like, this is why I love what Disney does. This is this is the difference. This is them getting the right people, getting people that are passionate about this stuff. And they get a lot of flack for the amount of time that they take to build these projects. But like, look what they do. You know, this doesn't just happen. These guys took trips to Morocco and, and visited the oldest marketplaces in the world to get like to get photos and video to take back to recreate the marketplace in Batu, Like the layers of grime and the, you know, the fact that how it looks like it's been there, you know, and the way the, the stalls are set up and the merchandise is hung. Like that, that type of dedication to detail is what sets it apart and what makes it so special for fans. And that was just a moment. I was like, that's, I, I'm good. I can quit now. This is, <laughs> this is the best thing ever. Um, and then visiting Galaxy's Edge for the first time was pretty surreal. Um, another big one was getting to do the inaugural sailing on the wish. Uh, that was because Disney doesn't release new cruise ships all the time. I mean, at, at that point, I think it had been more than 10 years since they'd had a new one. Right. And they're very iconic, right? Like, you know, they're, it's, they're just, they're a, a thing into themselves. And so getting to be on that ship as the first people and the paint was still drying. I mean, like, <gasps> we, you know, you know, that scene in Titanic where the old woman is like, this, the beds had never been slept in and the silverware had never been used. Like, that's how it felt. Like, our room, like, had, n had never been slept in. Like, it, it was just, it was, it was the coolest. It was, that was, that was just so cool. I love that. Um, And then anytime we get to do a media preview of a ride and you're going in and it's empty and the queue's empty, like Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, I remember, because it's open, usually for media previews, it's just like open for you. And they have interview opportunities around the area and you just ride whenever you want. So you can ride multiple times. And standing in the queue of Guardians of the Galaxy before it opened and Tron and all these, and you're like, I will never see this empty like this ever again. This is this is the only time that I will ever be in this building <laughs> and nobody is here. There's times when you're riding alone, just you, and it's it's very surreal and it feels you're just very very grateful cuz you know this is like just an incredible opportunity to get to 
try all this stuff, you know, without that people are going to be visiting these parks with the intention of, of the goal of riding these rides and they're going to spend hours waiting, you know, to get on them or spend a lot of money and you just got to do it. It's yeah. Those, those are always pretty amazing. I'm just like so happy for you right now. Like hearing all of your really cool moments. Like This is so great that like you get to experience this. Yeah. This is your job. Yeah. So if you had advice to give to somebody that wants to start out being a content creator, what, like what elevator pitch? Because obviously like I said, the podcast that you put out was wonderful. It gives you like these eight tenants of here's things to keep in mind or to like push you to do it. But what would be your elevator pitch for somebody that wants to get started? Find something that you love that you will not get tired to talk about and share and show up as yourself as much as you can. It, and that's not easy to do. So think about ways that you can share exactly who you are with people because that's like you said, that's the one thing that nobody else can do. They, nobody can replicate it. If you are showing up as yourself and sharing who you are with people, not only will they connect with you so much more, but you can never be replaced. You'll never have any competition. It's only about you and improving how good you are able to share yourself and how authentically you can keep showing up. And that's, that's, a lot easier said than done, especially at first. So it's just going to require a lot of practice. I used to ask people close to me to watch some of my content and tell me if it sounded like me or if I, like my daughter would be like, no, you're living by Disney there. You're not Serena. <laughs> Cause I'm we like, all need a, know, critic. a little too, a little too, you know, you know, like a little too fakey, you know, um, you need some people like that to just be like your supporters, but also be like, mm, no, you sound a fake. That's not you, you know, and just keep, keep practicing till you get it right. But if it's something you feel really called to do, I think we all know deep down what will make us happy. You know, what we feel really passionate about. Maybe we haven't admitted it to others, but if that's, if something comes to mind, if you're listening to this and you're like, that's, oh, that, that's what that thing is for me, then don't let anything stop you from trying it because like we said already, you can really regret not doing it, but you'll never regret trying. You just really won't, even if it doesn't work out, even if you're like, okay, you know what? Uh, camera's not my thing. <laughs> you know, I'm, that's, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not good at this. This isn't my thing. That's fine. But at least, you know, you didn't have that wonder of like, I wonder if I, if I tried that, if it could have worked. Because uh, you don't you don't want that kind of regret. That's perfect. Yeah, that's it's a really long elevator ride, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> I am never brief. <laughs> Part of the you're reason stopping in, as one of the floors, yeah. you're like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're on Do the Disney you list where all the buttons oh, get pressed. Yeah, I, oh yeah, right. Oh, oh I, that's, I got stuck on the elevator with Josh tomorrow in that elevator on the Wish. Were you like on accident or on purpose? (laughs) Just like Like, all the buttons. (laughs) I know, I know, I wish. Uh, No, some guy he was with backed up into the buttons and lit them all up, Uh, and we stopped at every floor. And I was super sweaty because we just come back from Castaway Key, and (laughs) I was mortified to be so close to him. (laughs) (laughs) And and then we get we stop at every single floor, and he's like. So how are y'all enjoying the cruise? You know, like we're making small talk and I'm dying. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. 
That's, that's not my that's finest so moment. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, we had Scott Trowbridge, the Imagineer, on our Disney oh, yeah. Wish cruise I saw like a that. month ago. And we were like, what are the odds? Like, Steven saw it. He was like, I think Scott Trowbridge is on our cruise. And I was like, oh, that's like, there's thousands of people here. That's wild that he's here. And then w- I saw him and on the stairs. And then Sarah thought I was lying. She was like, no, I think you were drinking, you know, you hit hyperspace <laughs> too much because I have, we have not run across him. And yeah, then sure like enough. the last night saw him and we were like going to the stairs because the elevators are, are problematic on the wish. <laughs> yes, they and are. So we both were taking the stairs. And I was like, oh, hello, Mr. Trowbridge. <laughs> Nice to see that you again. Is so cool. And so, so you t- got a chance to talk to him? I did briefly. I was like, I don't want to, you know, steal yeah. your vacation by just like crying about Star Cruiser to you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but like, thank you for doing that. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was I'm brief, sure but it was wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It was. <laughs> but yeah. So one of the things that we are starting. We're going to try. We're going to try something. We're a little graphic maybe on for the video. Okay. You're going to be our oh, rebel fun. pilot, our test pilot okay. is... Like it's not a lightning round. Is it a lightning round? Yeah. We have it's a work in progress. What we're naming okay. it, but we're we'll just going to run through it. some quick questions. Yeah. So <laughs> first up, and probably the most important, blue or green milk? I blue. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> you passed. Yeah. No, it's I can't. I mean, if you've seen it in the movies forever, like come on, you got to have the blue yeah. milk. It's just it's so good too. Okay, yeah, you're the you're the rope drop queen. You're the you are all about strategy. What are you rope dropping at Magic Kingdom? A Magic Kingdom, oh, so it depends <laughs> because Disney's <laughs> complicated. Um, so if you're staying on site versus off site and all of those things, if I'm getting genie or not, but um, probably if I was just choosing based on like my perfect day, it would be Peter Pan. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know why I that ride that. is so popular, but if you don't rope drop that, you're not, you're, you're not waiting an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I love that ride. I don't know why. It's just like uh, everyone has their thing. That's what I love about Disney. Like, you know, so they'll take something away and I'm like, eh, I don't care. And other people are like, oh, my God, that's my favorite thing in the whole world. I, I go there just for that ride, you know, and I'm like, oh, really? Uh, yeah. So there's something for everybody. But um, yeah, I love I love Peter Pan's flight. So that's probably what I'd rope drop. Solid. That's a solid one. All right. What is your go to park snack? Oh, go to park snack of any of the parks. Uh, usually something cold uh, because it's so dang hot all the time. Um, so like like Dole Whip or ice cream or a Mickey bar. I love the classic Mickey bars. I know that's kind of a boring answer, but I do love that. If I'm at Magic Kingdom, though, good, though, I love the the waffle, the Nutella waffle with fruit from Sleepy Hollow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that's so good. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so, it's so good. Yeah. All right, this one's going to be a weird one. What is your favorite hidden Mickey? Oh, so probably the one that we just did, we just posted about this, and I had no idea this was a thing, is in the Little Mermaid ride queue, there's a whole Steamboat Willie. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, I just think that's the cool, and that's not like, I, sometimes when they're hidden Mickeys, I'm like, is it really? I don't know. Like, if you squint <laughs> and look, you know, like, is it a hidden Mickey? Uh, you know, it's a little bit forced, but that one, like, they're, like, it's there. It is truly there. It's carved into the rock, you know, if yeah. but you do you have, have to, to like look just, just the right the way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one, that's my favorite one just because it's so, so obscure. But it's intentional. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you when yeah. I was like, sometimes there's this like three circles next to each other yeah. that it wasn't intended to be. But if, if you squint your eye and stand yeah. on one foot, yeah, it's a Mickey. I do love Easter eggs in the park, especially like in Galaxy's Edge, like, 
you know, if you um, use your little thing to scan the arabesh on the trash cans and the number is the same number from like a new hope when they're like you know turn off the trash compactors and you know section bubble like little i little details like that i just love it's like when you've gone to disney a few times you're like okay yeah. now what's the weird stuff yeah. i can find <laughs> yes yes so our show is called princess and scoundrel this could be disney it could be star wars who's your favorite princess favorite princess is probably Belle. that's been the, my favorite one for a long time solid yeah she's mine too yeah I love her. Now your favorite yeah. scoundrel. Flynn Rider. Also a solid choice. Yeah. All the scoundrels yeah. are they're all good. <laughs> I know. We love a scoundrel. Yeah. I mean, Han is amazing for sure, but um, yeah, probably Flynn Rider. Yeah. It's the smolder. Yeah. The Eugene. Absolutely. The Eugene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. That's it. Right we now. got through the questions. We did it. Nice. We did it. <laughs> nice. So I think that wraps up this episode. Serena, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to find you on the interwebs, where can they find you? Uh, my social media handle is Living by Disney on all the things. So if you look me up there, that's where you'll find me. I'd love for you to come check out all the Disney World fun and Universal. Hopefully we're getting a little more on that. Yeah, yeah. Epic's coming out. So yes. I know, right? So excited. <laughs> it's going to be a whole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a whole nother level. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. All right. Well, thank you for hanging out with us. And thank you all for hanging out with us for this episode. We will see you next time.